the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 298CO Minneapolis, powered by Advantage Homebuyer. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump set to announce his decision on a Supreme Court nominee later this afternoon. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. For the third time in his... The president intends to nominate Judge Amy Coney Barrett, replacing liberal icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a conservative Catholic. Greg Clugston, the White House. Governor Ron DeSantis lifting all restrictions on restaurants and other businesses in Florida yesterday in a move to reopen the state's battered economy. At a news conference, he said the state is ready to reopen and is ready to also force local governments to let that happen. This is SRN News. Bad decisions limit future options. Make enough bad decisions and you destroy your life. Listen to The Flotline with your host Rick Hughes every Sunday morning at 7.30 here on AM 1280 The Patriot. The Flotline describes a main line of resistance in your soul, built on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. The Flotline with Rick Hughes every Sunday morning at 7.30 here on AM 1280 The Patriot. AM 1280 The Patriot Intelligent Radio. Mitch is out in assignment, but have no fear. The Narn Closer is here. That's right. The great Brad Carlson filling in for Mitch on this Saturday afternoon. Our September Regiony Book of the Month is Obsession Inside the Democrats' War on Trump by Byron York. You could win a signed copy of the book at am1280thepatriot.com. Just click on our fan club page. Let's take a look at your weather for the rest of the day. Cloudy and a high of 76 tonight. Looks like it's going to clear up in a low of 55. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into the broadcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is, you're not in a time warp. This is actually Saturday, and it's me, Brad Carlson, filling in from Itchburg. But uh, thank you to all for tuning in. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we're here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, 
at hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And fear not, folks, you're tuning in to hear Mitch. Well, I hope you'll hang around. I think we're going to have a pretty good show. Uh, he will be in for me tomorrow from 1 to 3 p.m. So, uh, again, he's just away on assignment. Uh, I imagine he may be kind of uh, gearing up for his band, Elephant in the Room's first gig in several months. It's an outdoor gig at, uh, I forget the name of the parish. Uh, I'll, I'll have that information for you uh, the next segment. But uh, there's an outdoor family fun night taking place in Roseville, just east of Rosedale Center. I know that, but I'll have the name of the uh, of the place uh, next segment. He and his band, Elephant in the Room, are going to be playing from 5.30 to 9. I plan on stopping by, and I've talked to a good number of Narn listeners that are planning on stopping by as well. So, hey, let's let's have fun. Let's have a little reunion. It'll be outdoors, so plenty conducive to, to physical distancing. Be sure to bring your masks, okay, in case you get into close proximity to other people. I know I will be, so uh, hope to see you out there. And then after a, uh, a gig tonight, Mitch is going to be geared up for tomorrow's show, so it should be a uh, fun show, as it always is with Mitch. But I do want to get to some, uh, talk about some national news stuff this hour, and then the second hour we're going to talk about uh, state legislative races and a lot at stake, not only at the national level, but at the state level and in, and get and get involved in your municipal and county races as well. Those are as important, I would argue, more important than what's going on at the federal and state level. But nevertheless, we're going to be talking about the national and state level uh, politics here on today's show. I do want to get to a story uh, that uh, cropped up in Louisville from this past week. Uh, This is a story a lot of people have been following. And on Wednesday, it was announced, uh, this is by via NBCnews.com, one of the police officers involved in the shooting death of Breonna Taylor in her home in Louisville, Kentucky, in March, was charged Wednesday with first-degree wanton endangerment. But the officer who shot and killed Taylor, was not indicted. Judge Annie O'Connell announced the charges against the former Louisville detective, Brett Hankinson, who was fired in June during a grand jury proceeding. A warrant will be issued for his arrest, O'Connell said. The charges accuse Hankinson of firing blindly into several apartments and recklessly endangering Taylor's neighbors, but do not charge him with firing at or killing Taylor. Two other officers involved in the March 13th incident Detective Miles Cosgrove and Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly were not charged. Cosgrove fired the shot that killed Taylor, according to Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, but the grand jury considered his action justifiable. And what happened next, I think we all predicted that this was there was already palpable anger surrounding this particular case that happened in mid-March, and a brighter light got shown on it after the death of George Floyd at the hands of police here in Minneapolis on Memorial Day. And so while the George Floyd incident grabbed national headlines because, well, people saw it, you know, there was video, very damning video footage of it, very disturbing video footage of George Floyd's death. And because that was grabbing national headlines, people were bringing Breonna Taylor's case into the fold and saying, well, don't forget about this case. Check out this case down in uh, down in Louisville, Kentucky, you know, where a, where a young woman was uh, shot and killed by police while she was sleeping in her bed. And the police had one of those no-knock warrants where they didn't even need to knock. They just broke down her door and shot and killed her while she lied in her bed. And if, and if that wasn't bad enough, 
uh, they got the wrong address, and the person who they were actually supposed to arrest was already in custody. You probably heard all those talking points, right? And you know what? I, 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 I take responsibility for the fact that I just took all that in, and I, too, was outraged and couldn't believe that there was such uh, just egregious actions on behalf of the officers and the just sheer negligence and how in the world could this happen? Well, here's the thing. If there are actions that have occurred and they're disseminated in a certain way, you owe it to yourself to dig deeper. Because all of the things I just said were either untrue or woefully out of context. And what doesn't help, and I know we rail on the media a lot on this show, but it's not like they don't deserve it, but they it's a miscarriage, a dereliction of duty, I should say, by the media. Because they just disseminate all these chanting points, including Ben Crump, who was the attorney for Breonna Taylor. You know, he put out a tweet. Uh, this would have been May 11th, so before the George Floyd incident even took place, two months after Breonna Taylor was killed, saying they had the wrong address and their real suspect was already in custody. Two months later, no one has been account- held accountable for her death, but we will change that. Hashtag justice for Breonna Taylor. Hashtag say her name. And if you're on social media, you no doubt have been barred on all of your platforms You know, with people say, well... Today would be a good day to, to charge with murder the, the officers who killed Breonna Taylor. You know, they're, they're just jumping right to that final conclusion that they must have committed murder. Well, if you look at the actual evidence of the case and pour over it, you will realize that this was not murder. Murder charges were never going to be levied and should not have been levied, as we have now learned from this case. And because of it, Attorney General Daniel Cameron, a black man, gets called all of these vile epithets by quote-unquote progressives, you know, saying he sold out his race. Well, if you're, first, first of all, if you're, going, if you're in, a, in a public official in an attorney general's office and you're going to lay down charges just on the sole basis of race, that's a greater injustice than anything. Just going to throw that out there. So this decision came down, and as expected, there was rioting, looting in the streets of Louisville. Two officers were shot at by rioters and protesters. And, again, I don't blame the media first for the actions of these rioters and protesters. Whomever is arrested for these unlawful acts in the streets, they and they alone are responsible for their actions. However... It was deeply irresponsible of the media to already poke at what were already palpable outrages and emotions over this Breonna Taylor case. Because all it would have taken was a basic investigation. So let's let you know. Let's look at it a little bit. Daily Wire did a tr- put together a terrific piece uh, last month, kind of debunking s- uh, several myths. One myth is that the officers that raided Brianna Taylor, Brianna's home were at the wrong address. This is perhaps the most prevalent false belief held by the general public, is that the officers who served the search warrant at Taylor's home were at the wrong address. 
Police had obtained warrants for multiple locations linked to Jamarcus Glover, an alleged crack cocaine dealer, and Brianna Taylor's former boyfriend. One of them included Taylor's apartment, where she lived with her younger sister. Law enforcement believed Glover was using Taylor's apartment as his current address and had been receiving mail and packages there. According to the Louisville Courier, Courier Journal, Taylor's name, birth date, and Social Security number were are listed on the warrant. The outlet also reported it includes her street address, apartment number, and photos of her apartment door, which police later broke using a battering ram. Still, the fake news continues to permeate social media. For example, uh, Pennsylvania State Senator Katie Muth, a Democrat, is currently using the false claim to push police form legislation. A second myth, it wasn't necessary for law enforcement to raid uh, Taylor's apartment because the suspect was already in custody. Well, both Senator Muth and Attorney Crump say law enforcement did not need to serve the warrant at Taylor's apartment because police had already arrested Glover in an earlier raid carried out by a different team of officers. Glover was reportedly captured around midnight. Then authorities executed the warrant at Taylor's home at 12.40 a.m. Their real suspect was already in custody, Crump wrote in the tweet from May. While the fragment of his post appears to be accurate, it is also misleading. The purpose of the raid at Taylor's apartment was to find evidence, not to arrest Glover. Police say they thought Taylor was home alone at the time and were unaware that her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, was visiting. So that was one of the that was another issue that was brought up. And this is what further complicated it is Kevin or uh, Kenneth Walker, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, who was with her that evening when police broke down the door. He had with him in his possession a legally owned firearm. And like many states, Kentucky has a castle doctrine where if you feel that your life is in threat is in danger while in your home, you have no duty to retreat from your home. You can lawfully defend your home with a firearm, which Kenneth Walker did. But the, the distinction here is, well, if police announce themselves, and by the way, this was a no-knock warrant, but police still knocked and announced themselves before they broke down the door because they were led to believe that only Brianna Taylor was going to be at home and she was not a lethal threat. And they were just there to search for evidence. So therefore, they they thought, okay, we'll announce ourselves. And while they were knocking on the door loudly and there was no answer, once they announced themselves, they broke in the door. Well, obviously, Kenneth Walker and Brianna Taylor were asleep and they were awakened by all this chaos. It's 1240 at night, all right? You don't have much of your wits about you when you've just been woken up out of dead sleep by people pounding on the door and then subsequently breaking it down. And when you see plainclothes individuals you don't think they're police officers because they're in plain clothes. All right. And they break down the door. Um, your first assumption is they aren't delivering flowers. Okay. And so Kenneth Walker discharged his legally owned firearm thinking he was under siege. Well, being police officers, when they were fired upon, they too had a legal right to fire back. And they did fire down the hallway. And the bullets ended up killing Brianna Taylor. Now, the stories made it sound that she was lying asleep in her bed and they just broke down the door without announcing themselves and just shot her dead. That's not at all what happened. Did what happened, did what happened result in a, in, a, in a tragedy? Absolutely. Brianna Taylor is dead and she shouldn't be. Okay? She wasn't part of her ex-boyfriend's drug enterprise or anything like that. 
it was unfortunate. But to say that this was murder, to say that these officers were operating with malice, that that, that was never going to happen. They were never going to be charged with murder. So these are just a couple of myths uh, surrounding this. I'll come back and uh, go through a few more. And we'll be here to take your phone calls as well at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, filling in for Mitch Berg, the headliner on the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. As Winston Churchill said, all the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Hi, this is Andrew Parker with the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. Join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. for the Victory Hour, when we will talk politics, Israel, and the law. The Victory Hour, Sunday afternoons at 4, here on The Patriot. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. It's rare that a family can find an inspiring film that reinforces their biblical values. One Nation Under God is that film, and it's available right now at SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Lee Michaels to tell you about One Nation Under God. It's a story of David Gutierrez. David comes from a single mother home and obtains a scholarship to the prestigious Lehigh Magnet School. Soon he learns that the principal has prohibited any mention of God in the school. Weeks later, Senator and presidential candidate Weston Vieira comes to speak to the school. David has the chance to ask the senator a question. His question, if our founding fathers place God at the center of our nation, shouldn't God be part of our schools and government today? Well, the senator is caught off guard, and his answer sets off a frenzy of national press coverage. See how the courage of one student standing for his conviction can inspire others. Watch One Nation Under God at SalemNow.com and use the promo code Minneapolis for a 20% discount. One Nation Under God at SalemNow.com, promo code Minneapolis. Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join, so visit am1280thepatriot.com today. I step off the train. I'm walking down your street again. Welcome back, am1280thepatriot. And past your door. 
Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. Sands, the headliner, Mitch Berg, who was away on assignment. But fear not, Mitch will be filling in for me tomorrow. Me, I'm Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And by the way, I did mention that uh, Mitch is going to be playing a gig tonight, he and his band Elephant in the Room. It is an event called Family Fun Night. It is at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church, 2048 Hamlin Avenue North in Roseville. Again, it's just uh, it's just east of Rosedale Center. Come on and check them out. It's at five. Starts at five thirty p.m. Goes to about eh, nine o'clock. I know the boys are they're going to be on tonight uh, because it's been a while since they've been play, they've played a live gig. I've gone to a lot of their live gigs indoors, and obviously due to COVID, indoor gigs just aren't po- aren't possible these days. So if they can get a gig outdoors to kind of wrap up the the season. The summer season, as we go into autumn and fall, uh, they're going to do it. And so Mitch is resting up. You know if Mitch is going to bypass a radio show to rest up for a gig? It's a big deal, okay? So come on out and check it out. I know a few of the Narn listeners will be out there as well, and I'm going to try to stop by myself because they play pop music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So these are songs I can actually sing along to. So win-win as far as I'm concerned. I do want to take a real quick call uh, here. Uh, Bob is on line one. Bob from Shoreview. Hey, Bob, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Is Bob with us? Do we know? If Bob's with us, I don't hear him. You know what? I can't hear him either, but he's online, so let me try to figure this out here. Okay. Well, uh, while we work on that, I do want to uh, continue my discussion regarding the verdict in the uh, Brianna Taylor uh, incident where uh, one officer was going to be charged with uh, first-degree wanton endangerment, uh, but the officer who shot and killed Brianna Taylor was not indicted. Uh, we've been breaking down that the this particular case and how the three officers were not going to be charged with murder. That would have been uh, incorrect. Uh, and there were a lot of myths perpetuated out there about how officers just broke down the door and just started firing indiscriminately. And there was one myth out there that I hadn't heard, but I guess it had been floated out there that the officer that was shot, and by the way, uh, the officers did not shoot until they were fired upon by Kenneth Walker, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, which Kenneth Walker thankfully had his charges dropped because if someone's breaking down your door and you don't know who they are or why they're there, Again, according to the Castle Doctrine, you have every right to defend your home because you don't have a duty to retreat. And so Kenneth Walker fired a shot. Uh, it hit the officer in the leg, and then that's when officers fired back and sadly killed Brianna Taylor. Well, there was a myth out there that the officer shot during the raid was hit by friendly fire. And this was, I guess, perpetuated by Sean King, a uh, bl- an activist often associated with Black Lives Matter movement, Uh, He claimed to be collaborating with Crump on the Taylor case. King has a massive social media presence with millions of followers on multiple platforms. On May 14th, three days after Crump's erroneous tweet, King alleged it is now believed that the officer, police officer who got shot in the leg in the shooting of Breonna Taylor was shot by friendly fire from his own officers. His partners were haphazardly emptying their clips and fired shots into three different apartments. They shot him. Again, not true. And ballistics later proved that that was not true, and Sean King later deleted that tweet. But the problem is that you had that story get out there and continue to stoke rage and anger. And again, you and you had the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, this past week 
after the, the, the verdict or the charges, indictments were handed down in this case, perpetuate the narrative that these officers committed murder. Well, these officers got away with murder. These police officers who murdered this innocent young lady. The Speaker of the House saying this. Now, if you're going to live up, if these leftists who are, who are perpetuating these false narratives are going to live up to their own standards, then their rhetoric is inciting violence. And this goes all the way back to early 2011 when Democrat Congresswoman Gabby Giffords was hosting a get-together in Tucson, Arizona, in her district, outside, I think it was outside a coffee shop, grocery store, whatever, and some mentally ill lunatic started shooting people in the crowd, including mortally wounded uh, Gabby Giffords. Thankfully, she survived. But what they did is they blamed Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin had a map for her political action committee, and she put crosshair symbols on different congressional districts as kind of a symbol to say, these are the districts we are targeting. And so they were saying Sarah Palin, by putting a crosshair symbol on Gabrielle Giffords' congressional district, that kind of rhetoric and symbolism was what caused this gunman to go off and shoot Gabrielle Giffords. And also, the Republicans, particularly those of the Tea Party ilk, speaking out against President Obama's radical far-left policies, it was also their rhetoric that caused this kook to go off and shoot a sitting congresswoman. Let, never mind it was later ascertained that this gunman was apolitical, but nevertheless, that was the narrative that, was got, that got out there, and it was still being pushed, as of a couple of years ago, I remember. By the New York Times, who then had to issue a correction. So if these leftists are going to be have a shred of consistency. <laughs> oh, I slay me. I slay me. If they have if they are if they had a shred of consistency, which let's be honest, they don't, then they would realize, you know, maybe we should gather all the facts in the case because this just sounds too bad to check. You know, that police officers just broke down the door at the wrong address, didn't knock, just started firing indiscriminately, and that one of their own was shot because they were firing indiscriminately. You know, this 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 whole thing was a dereliction of duty by the media. And again, it was just stoking anger all over. Like I said, every time I logged into social media. A lot of my Instagram stories were bombarded with, say, you know, it would be a great day to arrest the three cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. And, of course, you have a progressive tool, Colin Kaepernick, you know, saying, well, they got off because of white supremacy. We need to abolish the police. One thing I will say, uh, there definitely needs to be a change in laws. The current laws on the books are are going to result in a lot of these incidents happening. David French wrote a terrific piece at the Dispatch. I can't go through it all, but I'll just read kind of uh, a few excerpts he did promoting this piece, saying, how can Brianna Taylor grand jury reach its result? Because the officers who directly returned fire were operating under a series of Supreme Court precedents that made clashes between armed homeowners, armed homeowners lawful, inevitable, and unjust. Uh, Supreme Court has given police wide latitude to violently enter homes. Castle Doctrine gives homeowners wide latitude to defend themselves. Thus, you can have a terrible, violent clash that is empowered by the law, and you will end up with with lawful tragedy. 
There's a difference between officers serving a lawful, though unjustly granted, warrant, returning aimed fire, and the officer who wantonly, wantonly fired outside the apartment. The grand jury decision properly reflects that distinction. But all this means that the legal standards and tactics should change. This will happen again and again until they do. We grieve Breonna Taylor's loss. The law set this in motion, and the legal forces are still in motion. More lives will be lost. So all I'd have to say is, look, we've been fighting this war on drugs for 30-plus years, and how many untold billions have been spent? And has the problem gotten any better? Has the problem been alleviated at all, even a little bit? Statistically, I don't know, but, you know, forensically, cognitively looking at it, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say that, that this has helped. And it's the, these kind of incidents that continue to shine a light on how laws have to change. But you know what? Laws changing happens within the legislative branch of government, not by taking to the streets and rioting and threatening people's lives and shooting at police officers, okay? That's not going to change things. What changes things is seeing these tragedies and seeing a young lady like Breonna Taylor had seemingly had a bright future, and she's dead, and she shouldn't be. And so we need to take a long, hard look as to why this happened. And if we take a long, hard look, we'd see that these laws are unjust and need to be changed and not give such carte blanche to these officers. Do I have all the definitive answers? Absolutely not. Do I think we should abolish police forces or defund police forces? No, that's felony stupid. But these are the tools they have at their disposal. And the Supreme Court has backed up these particular actions by law enforcement officers. And so until the laws and the books actually change to give the Supreme Court new laws by which to make decisions, then like David French said, sadly, these kind of things are going to happen. So again, at the end of the day, this was the legally correct decision. But once again, Breonna Taylor's dead and she shouldn't be. So the law being on the officer's sides provides zero consolation to her family. Even though they got a $12 million settlement from the city of Louisville, uh, her life was worth well more than $12 million to her family, that's for sure. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Hi, this is Al Malmberg inviting you to join us on the World of Aviation each Sunday morning at 10.05, right here on 1280 The Patriot, as we talk with those who have had incredible life stories in aviation, like Jessica Cox, who was born without arms, but went on to become a pilot and black belt in taekwondo, and Gordy Lewis, who began flying when most people are retiring. Gordy started flying at the age of 67. That's every Sunday at 10.05 a.m., right here on 1280 The Patriot. Where are we headed? Globalism? A new world order? A singular government power? If we yield over and decide that America is not unique, it's not special, it's not extraordinary, we no longer are the United States of America. We're just a piece of a bigger government. And what about prophecy? Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? 
Now, a new documentary, Trump 2024, the world after Trump, takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024 with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and yours truly, Eric Metaxas. The Messiah will not arrive on Air Force One. Watch Trump 2024, the world after Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Go to SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024. SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024 on demand. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. I was strung out on heroin and I laid out flat on the side road and I waited for a car to run me over. Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge has saved my life and I get to start over, I get a second chance. You are not alone and you can take the first step towards freedom from addiction by calling Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge at 612-FREEDOM or you can text MNTC to 900-900 or go online to mntc.org slash not alone. Welcome back. AM1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Filling in for Mitch Berg, who is away on assignment. But fear not, Mitch will be filling in for me tomorrow, 1 to 3. But we are here to take your calls, 651-289-4488. At least I'm assuming we're here to take your calls. Uh, is Mark still online, too? Okay. We'll take Mark from St. Louis Park. Mark, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Hi, Brad. Thanks for switching with Mitch. Um, can you hear me okay? I can, sir. Thank you. Oh, just a quick couple of things. I hope you have me on, on your program. I kind of disagree with you on a few things, if that's okay. Of course. Um, earlier statement said, well, you couldn't blame the media on a specific item, but in every article that I read, it's always white officer, black victim. Mm-hmm. But it's never if there's a white victim, it's never white officer, white victim. There's no need for that. All, in my opinion, it does is just exacerbates the problem. Right. That, that was my first point. And, uh, and, and uh, I've had issues before, but, but uh, as far as not mentioning the criminal past, uh, several instances this summer I've noticed, and one in particular, there was an incident in, in Atlanta, Rayshard Brooks. I, I'm thinking, why would he attack two armed cops? Right. Uh, and he was unarmed. I'm thinking I didn't read anywhere in the, in the news me- media about 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 uh, I'm thinking, why would he do that? I had to go on the Internet and dig in the Internet and find out Well, the guy was on probation for like five felonies. Sure. There is. So 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 the criminal past in some cases it, it makes a big difference. And I'll just end with an And thanks for listening. Uh, uh, it uh, last year, I think. Uh, yeah. Elizabeth Warren and and uh, and. Uh, 
the vice uh, the vice president uh, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, not not yet. Let's hope not. Um, they tweeted on the anniversary of Michael Brown's uh, death. Michael Brown was murdered. Oh yeah, Ian Wilson was yep. completely exonerated, one hundred percent by Correct. the Obama administration. I remember. I'll yep. hang up and listen to get your comments. Yeah, thanks. Thank yeah, thanks, Mark. You know, yeah, there there is a lot of revision of history. Yeah, they're still doing today. Today, they're still doing the hands up, don't shoot uh, narrative, which has proven to be false. Same as with the officers not announcing themselves. But I will say that Kenneth Walker was legally uh, allowed to own a firearm and was thankfully uh, not arrested and not charged with anything because he was lawfully defending his home. But again, that's where the classes are going to happen. That's my only point is police officers were legal, were legally obligated to do what they did, and Kenneth Walker had every legal right to do what he did, and someone still wound up dead and shouldn't have. And that's, that, was the, that was the crux of my, uh, my concern. And until these laws changed, how often is this going to continue to happen? Is Bob able to be with us? Bob and Shoreview on line one. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Bob. All right, there you are. Thanks right. for holding, sir. Appreciate your patience. You're on. Thanks. I'm just thinking about all this unnecessary, unnecessary violence and looting caused by false rumors being spread by mainstream media and celebrities, you know, like Al Sharpton falsely accusing those four Duke lacrosse players of raping Tawana Brawley. I remember. You know, it wasn't Tawana Brawley in that incident, but I get yeah. <laughs> 99% of all the recent incidents of black individuals being hurt are killed by the police resulted from their fighting against the police, resisting arrest or shooting at policemen. So there is clearly no systemic racism or widespread oppression of blacks by the police. These negative consequences being experienced by certain black individuals have been brought on by their illegal resistance toward the authority of our police. They brought it on themselves by breaking the law, disrespecting disregarding direct commands to comply and thus, you know, endangering the lives of policemen and several have been shot or killed. I'll, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah. I appreciate that. I just want to let you get your comments in there, Bob. Yeah. Obviously when pointing out statistics of, you know, white officers, how they, you know, the narrative is a disproportionately kill black suspects as opposed to white suspects and statistics have shown that that's not true, but yet pointing that you, you can't point out, you can't point that out. You just can't. And so, therefore, people say they want discourse, say they want a discussion on these issues. But then when you point out these incontrovertible facts, uh, no one wants to stop clinging to their prevailing narrative. So appreciate the call, Bob and Mark. I do want to transition here now and go to our first guest on the broadcast today. Of course, our friend Matt McCoviak, political wonka, regular on my Sunday broadcast and you can check out his uh, fine podcast, by the way, Mac on Politics, which you can find on iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. He's had some power pack guests in the uh, podcast in uh, September. Uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn out of Tennessee, former Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and a terrific podcast that just dropped last evening I had the opportunity to listen to. Uh, Carter Sneed, who is, uh, works for the university, a law professor at the University of Notre Dame, and worked with Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who probably within an hour or two will be officially named as the nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the U.S. Supreme Court. So we're going to talk about that uh, particular process and what is to come with that. Uh, Matt McCoviak, as always, good to have you in the broadcast, sir. How are you? And I don't hear Matt. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if uh, Matt is a- able to join us. We'll have uh, Nick working on the phones. We got our guest. 
we got our callers in, but uh, we don't happen to hear Matt on the phone. So we definitely want to talk to Matt about Amy Coney Barrett uh, likely being named the nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And this is a fait accompli. The rep- from what I understand, the Republicans, well, they have 53 members in the Senate. And because of the rules changed, you know, uh, getting rid of the filibuster for Supreme Court nominees during the Gorsuch hearings, Neil Gorsuch hearings that took place just after uh, President Trump was inaugurated, that's just going to take a simple majority to uh, cut off debate, cut off hearings, and then a simple majority and an up or down vote to confirm Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, I have read stories that have come out that Majority Leader Mitch McConnell went to the president, went to President Trump, and indicated to him that he has the 51 votes to not only cut off debate, but also to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. And that will actually, this appointment will actually help uh, President Trump in the Midwest, because he has been slumping in the Midwest. He's not doing as well in Wisconsin and Michigan as he did in 2016. Well, <laughs> he obviously won those states. So I don't know if that much is true. I, I think uh, Wisconsin, Trump has been in a consistent five to seven point deficit for some time. So whether this will help him in a state like that, I don't know. Michigan, I, I, you know, I'm not sure, but Iowa that's one that has kind of uh, been back in play for for Joe Biden after President Trump won that in 2016. He didn't win it overwhelmingly, but he did win Iowa, and that was the first time it had gone to Republican, I think, since George W. Bush won it in 2004. Any luck with Matt there, uh, Nick? Matt Mikowiak, is he on the line? He is. I'm not sure what the problem is here, but I'm going to figure it out. Okay, appreciate it. Well, we'll uh, appreciate everybody's patience. Hopefully we can get Matt. If not, you know, we'll uh, uh, try for another broadcast. But... Uh, this is going to probably be announced um, within a few hours. And when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away last week, Senate Majority Leader McConnell came out immediately and issued a statement saying that if President Trump puts forward a nominee, that the full Senate will consider the nominee. So that's what we're looking at. It's going to be a contentious hearing, to to say the least, but um, that's something that uh, we're uh, definitely gearing up for. And I believe we do have Matt on the line. Matt Makoviak, uh, as always, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How about you? I appreciate your patience, Matt. I don't know what's going on, some technical difficulties, but we can hear you fine and loud and clear, so I uh, appreciate the time. <laughs> um, as we were talking about a little bit, President Trump, uh, it has been reported, will name Amy Coney Barrett, who is currently serving on the 7th District Court of Appeals, to be the nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the Supreme Court. Matt, obviously you're a big consumer of political news, and before this was even leaked out last night. They were already constructing the hit pieces on Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, any word on what her jurisprudence is about? I mean, I would think that would probably be the meme, the most relevant uh, piece of information we'd want to have in a confirmation hearing, Matt McCoviak. Yeah, look, she's an originalist. Um, and part of the way you know that is that she was a law clerk to the late, great uh, Justice Antonin Scalia. Yep. Um, she has been one of the most respected and most influential conservative jurists um, and legal minds over the last 20 years. Now, she's only been on the Seventh Circuit since 2017 when the president appointed her to the Seventh, uh, Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Right. But she, um, she was a highly respected and influential uh, law professor at Notre Dame for 18 years before that, uh, such that, that when she was nominated to the Seventh Circuit, every single professor of law at Notre Dame supported her nomination. And you can imagine that 
you know, that includes, you know, liberal professors. As right. there, there would be some of those at, at Notre Dame. Um, she is uh, absolutely an originalist. Um, she, you know, was, was attacked during her nomination for the Seventh Circuit for all kinds of ridiculous things. Um, I remember. You know, there's the moment of Diane Feinstein saying that her, the dogma lives loudly within her, I guess, a veiled attack on her Catholicism. Last night we saw, you know, blue check mark Twitter attacking her for adopting two children from from Haiti and right. and for having a large family. I mean, it's it's amazing, uh, and I think we're going to see it, you know, really get worse. Uh, they, they, you know, they had when they went after Brett Kavanaugh with ridiculous, unproven charges. That was one thing. In this case, you have a working mother with seven children, uh, who anyone who's ever known her uh, absolutely adores her. Right. Uh, and so I think this stuff's really going to backfire. But this obviously it's a totally different. Uh, speed now. We have the announcement at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central today. We'll have the confirmation hearing, I believe, on October 12th, and I believe they will confirm her before Halloween. I think right now it's slated for October 29th if everything goes as planned. Okay. Well, yeah, and it's uh, definitely going to be interesting. Obviously, you indicated there is going to be a contentiousness, um, but if they aren't able to hit with hit her with facts and instead attacking her family that's not a good look and someone brought up on twitter today you know uh Antonin scalia was the father of nine children yet nobody questioned him way back when about his ability to be a parent to nine children and it's and it's a kind of ironic that progressives who are big into women's rights are going after a woman it's like how could she keep this kind of schedule with seven children uh, definitely a Rich with irony there. Uh, Matt, I apologize. We do have to take a quick break, come back for a final short segment. you able to hold for just one final short segment with us? No problem. Okay. Matt McCoviak are talking about the confirmation, the inevitable confirmation, I believe, of uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Do the Democrats have any options to slow this down? Well, we'll get Matt's perspective on that when we come back with one final segment this hour. Me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. Land of 10,000 lakes has an ice ring to it, but actually Minnesota has more than 11,800 lakes. But who's counting? Well, there's Ann Lake, Balsam Lake, Cass Lake, Detroit Lake, Eagle Lake, Fox Lake, Gull Lake, Hidden Lake, Adam Lake, John Lake, Craze Lake, Lean Lake. But if water isn't your thing, Minnesota is also home to amazing hiking, biking, and more. Find your true north. Visit exploreminnesota.com. Warrior Lake, Rainy Lake, Silver Lake, Toad Lake, U.S. Lock and Dam Pool 5A, Boss Lake. These are tough times for everyone, so dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern. But when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. 
Today, we have over 200 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. That's 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. We can all agree that a good education benefits students, their family, and society as a whole. Education shapes your child into the person they will become. Join your local hosts, Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin, as they explore how to get the best education for your child while ensuring that the values you're teaching at home are being respected. From cursive to curriculum and everything in between, school is now in session. Education Nation, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Is your pressure washer well-maintained and in safe working order? From the burner to the pump, a good pressure washer is designed to work well and be safe to operate. Worn hoses, scale buildup, and unloaders out of adjustment are all safety concerns. Give us a call today to find out what we can do for you. Buy local, buy quality, visit AmericanPressure.com. Join the Freedom Fan Club this month, and you could win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, Obsession, Inside the Democrats' War on Trump, by Byron York. Register today at am1280thepatriot.com. Shut up! Come on. Forming, take one. Welcome back. And 12 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. One final short segment with our political walk, Matt Bakoviak, again talking about the likely nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. The president slated to make that announcement this afternoon, and then uh, confirmation will uh, take place shortly thereafter. Uh, I guess, Matt, uh, regarding the hearings, uh, there's nothing that constitutionally binds the Senate to actually hold hearings. They could possibly just take a vote to just end debate right there because, thank you, Harry Reid, it only takes a simple majority to uh, cut off a uh, debate and then to have an up or down vote right there. So really, there doesn't need to be any hearings, but do you think that there might be some speculate that, you know what, it might be politically advantageous for Republicans to hold hearings for the simple reason that it would just show how utterly deranged and unhinged some of these Democrats are over this uh, process, Matt Makoviak. What's your assessment on that? Yeah, they're definitely going to hold hearings. Um, I, I believe it's going to be October 12th, probably a few days. I imagine the Dems will trot out some some witness somewhere that wants to allege something terrible about her. Sure. Um, but, you know, she was very skillful in her Seventh Circuit confirmation hearing. I think she'll be very skillful again. Um, and, look, she, she has just this amazing mix of, of character and integrity and humility. Uh, the guest of mine, Carter Sneed, that I had on that podcast that you listened to last night, uh, has a Washington Post op-ed just, just hit out, just went out a couple hours ago, worth everyone reading. Uh, it, it talks about why liberals really don't have anything to fear in, any, in Amy Coney Barrett, that she has uh, you know, a remarkable mix of, of character uh, and, and characteristics, really. Um, that she's a you know, profoundly decent and, and, and brilliant person. So, 
Yeah, I think she's going to do well. I really do. And I think that the Democrats are in really risky territory. If They would be smart to make this just about Roe versus Wade and about ACA, the Obamacare uh, uh, bill, which is going to be in, in front of the Supreme Court starting November 10th. If they want to make it about whether you can adopt children or have children or be Catholic and, and still be a Supreme Court justice, that to me is going to be a, a real disaster for them politically. So what about, uh, I know, like we like we alluded to, once uh, they held hearings and Republicans decide to vote to cut off debate again, it just takes a simple majority to do that, and then the uh, consequently the uh, or subsequently the up or down vote. Is there anything from a procedural standpoint the Democrats could do? And I ask that because I'm seeing rumblings about some Democrats threatening to just boycott the hearings uh, altogether. Is there some sort of threshold that a number of members have to be present in voting? Uh, uh, what is there? Is there anything at all procedurally, Matt Mikoviak, that they could do? Because I have to believe if there is, they're going to find a way to pull out all the stops here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not aware of any procedural options they have that could prevent this from happening. Um, there are some options within the committee where you can ask for delays okay. uh, or even demand delays. This is part of what they tried to do with Kavanaugh. Remember, they were trying to delay yeah. Kavanaugh as well to after the election. Um, and that's why they brought out all these allegations. But in this case, no, I, I really do think it's going to go forward. Um, you got to remember, Kavanaugh hadn't had an FBI background check for something like 10 years. I mean, she just had one three years ago right. when she went through the Seventh Circuit nomination process. So all you have to do is update the last you know, three years when she's been a federal judge, and you would presume she probably hasn't had any anything that anyone would worry about you know, going on in her life. So, yeah, they're going to they're gonna pitch a fit. I think in the end they will show up at the hearing because they want to ask tough questions, and they want to represent the liberal views on these issues. Uh, and then they're going to vote against it, and they're going to howl. Uh, but – that's all they can do. All they can do is complain. At this point, you have really only two Republicans, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, who have said they're not going to support her, although Lisa Murkowski started to sort of walk that back yep. a little bit and say, well, we'll see what happens. So uh, the, the votes are there as long as nothing crazy happens. What about uh, on the uh, on the Democrat side? I mean, uh, as for those, I look back and uh, current sitting senators, uh, Joe Manchin and Tim Kaine, voted for uh, Coney Barrett for her current Appointment. I can't imagine yeah. Kane uh, taking part in this. Joe Manchin has indicated that he's not supporting holding no- a nomination hearing uh, or confirmation hearing before the election, but it's going to go forward. So, uh, because he voted for both Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, any chance Manchin uh, may be the one Democrat to, to get on this? Because that would be just a fait accompli yeah, at I this think, point. I, I think he does. I think he does vote for Barrett. Uh, a couple more to watch would be would be Doug Jones of Alabama, who's in tough reelection. He has said he doesn't want to. Sp- see anyone before the election but once it's once it happens you're, you're either up or down you know you can complain about the timing but you're either up or down and then i wouldn't be shocked to see someone like gary peters in michigan who's obviously uh-huh. a pretty standard democrat yep. but in a state with a lot of catholics uh, who's up for re-election facing a really uh, you know inspired challenge from john james wouldn't shock me if if maybe a second democrat Kristen cinema you know gary peters doug jones finds a way to vote yes in the end it's probably just mansion and and ultimately uh, she, you know, she she uh, passes with uh, what would that be? Fifty-four votes, fifty-three Republicans, and one Democrat. Uh, but we'll see. It's going to depend on how she does. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely looking forward to this. Well, we only have a, a couple minutes remaining uh, in this uh, particular segment. I do want a quick question about the presidential race, Matt Mikoviak. A lot is being talked about about how Joe Biden, for I think ten out of the past uh, thirty days or so, has put a lid on his campaign activities like by 9, 9.30 in the morning. And a lot of people, including Brian Stelter, who carries the water for any Democrat he can, says, well, of course he's doing debate prep. It's like, for 10 days? 
Uh, well, what's going on, Matt? This is a, and Kamala Harris has done the same thing. She's a very healthy, able-bodied young woman. I, I don't understand. Uh, are they just trying to run out the clock here at this point? Yeah, I think that's basically what's happening. I mean, unless there's something that you know, some type of health issue that he's dealing with, which I think we can't rule out at this point. But it, unless it's that kind of thing, I think it's possible he's doing some debate prep. Um, and, and he should be. Um, you know, Trump is a different ty- type of opponent than any he's ever had on a debate stage. True. But yeah, I, I can't imagine they're doing ten days of debate, debate prep. I mean, I, I just don't. I just just can't possibly imagine it um, that they would do that much. At some point, it becomes you know less and less and less helpful. Uh, you need a certain amount of practice, but too much you know kind of makes you sort of mechanical and robotic, and it's not what you what you want. But look, the stakes are so high on Tuesday night. And I think people already know what they're going to get from Trump. The question is, is, is Joe Biden up to this? Is he ready to be president? Is he okay? Can he, you know, stand, stand there for, for whatever it is, 90 minutes or, or two hours, right. take tough questions, give, give as good as he gets, and prove that he's ready to be president of the United States? And I think that's why people are going to tune in, and I think you're going to see Super Bowl-level television ratings for this debate on Tuesday night. Yeah, and my concern, and I think I've conveyed it to you before, Matt, is that they're just lowering the expectations way too much yeah. for Biden. I thought he was, I won't say he was great in the Democrat debates, but he was at least formidable and able to convey his, his stances. So this seems to me a dangerous strategy, the way they're lowering these expectations for him. What do you think? Yeah, and the Trump campaign's kind of been all over the map in terms of trying to define Biden. Um, you know, they, they say he's sleepy, they say he's corrupt, they say he's, uh, you know, in the pocket of China. They say he's been there forever and done, hasn't done anything. They say he's liberal. It's kind of all over the place. And you're right, they have lowered expectations. I think maybe those expectations have come up, given that it sounds like he's doing days and days and days of debate prep. But, look, at the end of the day, it's not about the expectations. It's about whether Biden can convince people who right. are watching that he's ready to be president of the United States. And 10 years ago, that was very easy to see. Uh, in the last couple months, it's starting to get pretty questionable. Uh, as he continues to just make these bizarre statements, you, you know, apparently he compared uh, uh, com- compared Trump to, 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 to Goebbels, uh, the Nazi leader, uh, a couple days ago. Uh, you know, just an out- outlandish, ridiculous, absurd, offensive thing to say. Hey, Matt, I apologize. You know, we have to we have a hard yeah. break, but uh, appreciate sure. your time as always, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Take care. M twelve eight of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere. I'm Mick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and for years this great station has been fighting to keep the Twin Cities right. As we head into 2020, I would ask that you help us continue the fight by supporting our local sponsors who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities. Now here's a word from our friend Dennis Prager. I I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. And helping fighters is as good and noble as fighting. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station. And that is just patronize their sponsors. Those sponsors, they are making us possible. No sponsors, we're talking to ourselves. By supporting the local businesses you hear on this station, you help support us as we continue to keep the Twin Cities right. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. 
If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through. And now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay. 22 years old now. Most roofs in that time era were good for about 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22-year-old roof is still good, give us a call. Yeah, Lee, I remember that storm too. And as I drive around Burnsville, uh, Bloomington, the South Metro, I see all of these roofs that were replaced back in 1998. And it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced. For an honest assessment on your roof or gutters, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. Hey, 